Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Pathway Church. Are you thankful for Jesus today? We've had such a wonderful morning, um, great nine o'clock service here at Moffat campus. I'm sure that's been the case at our other campuses today. And I mean, it always is a wonderful day at Pathway Church, but today has been especially wonderful. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, we are in the middle of a message series right now. We're going to lay that aside. I have been working on like five messages this week. And this one, I believe, this message this morning is for this moment, it's for us, um, and for this particular window in time. I think that we are marking time by some things that are going on right now in the world. And so I wanted to come and I want to speak to those. And I want to encourage you to do uh, one thing, two words, make room. Say that with me, make room. Come on, really good. Make room. Um, We're going to be in Joel chapter 2, but before we do, uh, the last 10 days or so, something remarkable has happened uh, in our country. And there has been truly a move of God that's taken place uh, on our campuses. Uh, When I say campuses, our college campuses uh, around the United States. And I want to tell you, is anyone familiar with what I'm talking about. You, you've been paying attention. Maybe not everybody has. Some of you quit watching the news and man, that's pretty liberating too. But uh, if, you, if you've been on social media, it's trending everywhere. Uh, we went to pull up a video on YouTube yesterday on our TV and it's right there trending. Asbury, Asbury Revival, Asbury University, it's there. And so let me explain to you some of what's going on. Um, I think it's about 10 days ago or so, but this is just a regular chapel service at Asbury University in Wilmore, or Willamore, Kentucky. Uh, it's a Christian university, um, non-denominational Wesleyan university. And there was a chapel, and the, the chapel happens three times a week for the students. And you know, I don't want to say it was just a normal message that was preached, but it was just a normal message that was preached. Um, there, it was not a name brand, you know, Christian name brand. Um, there, there was no um, name brand Christian worship band. It wasn't, you know, Hillsong or Elevation or, or whoever. Um, it was just some kids, some college kids. And uh, one of the leaders there in the school, um, he preached a message. It was a good message on the love of God. One of the things he said is that you cannot love anyone if you have not truly experienced the love of God. And then as he preached, he concluded his message and he prayed for the students. When he said amen, he walked off the stage and down the steps. It was just like that. He did not call for an altar service. Nothing. It was just very normal. And aren't you thankful for normal? Aren't you thankful for... Typical. 
right? Aren't you thankful for people that show up and are faithful to the Lord, right? And, um, and I'll tell you, as a pastor, there's always a pressure, at least for my personality type, that every week is better than the last week. And, you know, it's just like that with any um, competition or whatever. You always want to be doing better. But doing better is not always necessary. You know what? God's going to, he's going to ask us to be, we've been faithful. And uh, we ought to do the, do the best we can, but we really need to be faithful. And so it was a good faithful message. It was preached and it was a faithful prayer. And he concluded when he walked down, a young man stood up. Now this was not on video. You can find Zach's message on video. You cannot find what happened next, but a young man, a student stood up and confessed of sin publicly in front of the whole, in front of the whole student body. He repented and came to the altar. A hundred more students came to the altar, repenting and confessing. And that chapel service is still going on right now. It's been going on 24 hours a day since that time. It, there, there's nothing remarkable about the setting. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to describe it. I'll just show you where it is right now. I, I, I have a video here. Won't you check this out? Isn't that wonderful? Awesome. And praise has been going up. Testimonies have been going up. Words are being given. Messages are being given. And people are trying to get into this place. And there's no more room. There's 14 or 1,500 seats in Hughes Auditorium there on campus. And uh, they have now begun putting people in overflow spaces that are even bigger than that. Um, and I have another video. This is a, sent to me from a friend. Uh, they're driving around campus. And when you see this, these are the, go ahead and play this. No sound. I'll just talk over it. Um, what you'll see here, go ahead and, and play that. You'll see someone just driving around campus with um, lines of people waiting to get into these already filled auditoriums. And you will not see the end of this line. By the second day, students from 22 universities have gone to these services. Now people from all over the world are going to these services. And it's not just at this campus either. In fact, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this Instagram reel. And make sure your volume's up on this. Because it's not just at Asbury University. Check this out.
incredible. I sat in my house yesterday. I'm not a crier. I really am not a big crier. I'm on the outs, I'm, a, I'm an emotional person, but I, at some point, one of my kids said, only just a couple years ago, Dad, I've never seen you cry. I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> but yesterday I sat in my house and I cried throughout the day as I thought about what God was doing in the life of Generation Z and of our young people. And I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful to the Lord. And if you notice just in that reel, did you, did you notice anything? Did you notice the schools? Somebody help me out. That was Asbury University. It was Lee University. It was Samford University. And you know, my favorite thing about that is it's a Wesleyan school. It's a Baptist school and it's a church of God school. I think one of the things I love about this so much is that God is no respecter of persons. You know what? And God, he doesn't need a key to the place. He owns the place, right? And it's not just happening at the Christian universities either. It's, listen, you know, there's all kinds of different streams in the church, right? And every, I don't, I don't think it's that, you know, these denominations have a corner on the market of something, but God has used these different denominations to highlight some aspect of his word. But it's not just at the Christian universities, because you know this is going on at Auburn University right now? Did, did, you, did you know that this is going on at University of Tennessee Chattanooga right now? This is going on at ORU right now. It's going on at universities, all Cedarville University, Ohio Christian University, universities all over America right now. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord for that. I want to show you an interview. Um, Tucker Carlson on Fox News. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Before it goes on, listen. You know, Tucker Carlson talks about current affairs. He talks about politics. He talks about a lot of things that he's an expert on. But it's awesome to hear him talk about Jesus. And what you're going to hear is he's not as big of an expert. <laughs> and listen to the language that he uses and the innocence that's there. And to me, that's the Lord. That's a Lord ministering to all of us. Check this out. It's becoming harder and harder to explain a lot of the things that we're seeing in purely political terms. You have to reach for theological language to really understand it. Some of it's just evil. And who knows why, but it is. And a lot of people are starting to figure that out. And the good news is a lot of people are starting to think more about what happens when you die. They're becoming much more interested in the spiritual life, which has been basically extinguished in the public square for a long time. So here's a sign that people are becoming more interested. Asbury University, which is a private Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky, outside Lexington, began hosting a prayer service a week ago, but it never ended. It's still going on. People just keep showing up from around the world. The university has even set up overflow chapels to accommodate demand. Here's what it looks like.
So we keep hearing about this. There haven't been many news stories on it, but it's all over social media, on TikTok, actually, of all places. And reports that people are flying in from Singapore and New Zealand to join whatever this is. And so we thought it'd be worth finding out, what is it? Allison Perfader is the student body president at Asbury University, and she joins us. Allison, you're so nice to come on. Thank you. What, it, what is this, do you think? Right, what is this? That's what we can, I mean, that's the question, right? And um, a, a theme or a Bible verse that we've all been sharing with each other is Habakkuk 1. And the Lord says, look at the nations and watch for I'm doing something in your day that you wouldn't believe if you were told. And it's happening, and we can hardly believe it. Well, it seems remarkable. I mean, so many stories, you see them and you think, that's very different. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's worth learning more. So my understanding is this began in a completely conventional service, and a boy got up and started talking about his own flaws, and then it just, something changed in the atmosphere and it never ended. Is that fair? That's completely what happened. Um, so here at Asbury University, three mornings a week, we have chapel at 10 a.m. sharp. The whole student body gets together, and we, we sing praise to the Lord, and we hear a message from a speaker. And for seemingly no reason at first, on, on Wednesday, February 8th, it didn't end. And that's, that's kind of the logistical side of what's been going on. And then, you know, on the, on the deeper side of things, what's been happening here since Wednesday is there's a, there's a young army of believers who are rising to claim Christianity the faith as their own, as a young generation and as a free generation. And that's why people can't get enough. That's amazing. So you felt like something like this was going to happen because everything finds equilibrium, I think. Who are the people who are coming? Where are they coming from? Um, we don't know most of them. Um, we've obviously been getting calls, hundreds of calls to the university switchboard number, um, but we have friends here from Brazil, from Indonesia, um, almost every state, um, and, and they just keep coming. And, and it's no wonder, you know, and it's like you said, I mean, especially in the midst of tragedies like what we've seen in Michigan State University and, and even yep. farther back to 2020, especially our, our generation was impacted so much. And so you have to wonder, you know, what's going to break? And in this case, the Holy, the Holy Spirit has interceded for us here at Asbury and, and across the nation. I assume you don't know how long this will continue? Uh, I could not tell you, and I wouldn't, wouldn't want to guess. <laughs> no, you, no, you wouldn't. Allison, thank you. Great to see you. appreciate it. Thank you. Really, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Well, of course. Wasn't that pretty great? And, hey, um, Allison, the student body president, she did pretty good, didn't she? I thought she did really good. A um, couple things. I loved how... Tucker described repentance. He said someone stood up and started talking about their flaws. Just that innocence that's there. And then he said something else, and it just came to me when I was preaching in the 9 o'clock service. He said, what is it? What is it? Everybody's asking, what is it? And I thought, you know what? That's the definition for manna. And so when they were in the wilderness for 40 years, God gave them provision what is it? It's provision. And truly, this culture has our young people, has all of us in the wilderness. And the truth is, is that our kids are having to deal with things we never dealt with. Our institutions have failed them many times. Rather than instructing them and protecting them and developing them, they forced ideologies on them that are destructive 
We have some of our kids, they cannot find privacy in their own locker room without someone claiming to be of another gender and to be there. It's invasive, it's terrible. But the culture is saying, this is good. This is good. How do we navigate this? We fought against it. We fought against it. Some of you, PTA meetings, et cetera, you talk to the teachers, you, you know, I, I've done it. I've gone to people, I'm saying, this is crazy what we're doing. How, how can we do this? And you push back on it, and we should, we should. But it's almost like God said, you know, thank you for doing what you can do. Now let me do what you cannot do. And he provided provision for our young people in the wilderness. And I have watched people who have been resistant get swept along with what it is. It's revival. It's awakening. It's an outpouring. And it is not just on our college campuses. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And we all need renewal. We all need revival. It's, it's not revival. Look, we need reviving because we were vived and we're not vived and we need to be revived. <laughs> we were living. Now we're existing. We want to live again. Hey, have you guys seen that baptism shirt we have around here? It says, don't just exist. Live. There's life to be had in Christ Jesus. This service started out with the student body in a 1,400-seat auditorium. Then it's in three buildings. You saw the lines. I have one more picture. This was uh, Aaron Crabb's picture. Check this out. This is the daytime crowd. The biggest crowds are at night. This is the daytime, daytime crowd. Do we have that? I know we got it. I can see it on the other screen. Go ahead and flip that joke around over. We got it? I'm going to wait you out. <laughs> I'm going to wait you out. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> if you, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Is it there? Okay. 10,000 people on this campus for this worship service. They're piping the music. They're piping the audio out onto the lawn. And the people that can't get in are worshiping right there on the lawn. And I'm just so grateful to the Lord. I'm grateful for what, grateful for what he's doing. I think, I think we need to steward it. I think we need to, I think we have some next steps. There are some next steps. There's three things I think we need to do, okay? Number one, I think this is in your notes, but if it's not, it's simple enough that you can get it. Number one, make room for our sons and daughters. This is, this is a movement that's taking place among Generation Z. It's not only Generation Z, it's me too. I'm sitting up in my living room crying. And fortunately, my beard conceals that little chin quiver you get sometimes, right? It's for us. It's for us. But we got to make room for our sons and daughters. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, I think it's like verse 23 or 24, Suffer the little children, let them come unto me. And be careful. Um, 
you know when you have environments like this, you're going to have some people that go and try and take ownership of it. They go try and hijack it, or you see something crazy going on. And how many of you have been in church and you've seen something, you're going, I know that's not of God. Just go ahead and raise your hand, right? You're like, what in the world? That was a spirit, but wasn't the Holy Spirit, you know? We will survive, okay? We will survive. We don't want to tamp the whole thing down to try and pluck out a few weeds. We want the move of God to happen, right? And God will deal with the nonsense that, that shows up. And so that's just a little, pastor, what do we do if somebody gets out of control? Man, the whole culture is out of control. We can handle a little bit of it in the church, okay? So make room for our sons and daughters. Can I talk a little church business for a second? A little church drama? Anybody want to hear some church drama? I know who my National Enquirer church people are around here. You know, Pathway Church is an amazing church. I went to Summer Effects in 2017, which is our vacation Bible school, and it's awesome. And the worship team that was ministering was incredible, but I hadn't seen them on Sundays. But they were amazing. They were our young leaders. One of them was Taylor Stanley. Taylor is over at airport campus, and her husband is now our worship pastor, our worship leader there at airport campus. But at that point, she wasn't on this stage. I went up to her and a couple other people. I said, man, that was amazing tonight. Why are you not on stage on Sunday? Why are you not leading on Sunday? And she said, well, I haven't been asked. I said, consider yourself asked. And here's what I found out. We had a structure in the church that was designed to develop people, and it was developing people. And we had wonderful music ministry, wonderful worship ministry. But the worship practice and the choir practice was on Wednesday night. And if you didn't go to choir practice on Wednesday night, then you didn't get to um, participate on the stage on Sunday, which makes sense, right? You how many of you played sports, high school sports? It's not fair for the kid that doesn't go to practice to get to play when you go to practice and you'll get to play. So that was just very normal. But the problem was, was Tuesday night we had our young adult service and on Wednesday nights we had our student ministry and our young adults were leading at worship at young adults and at student ministry. And we had high schoolers leading worship in student ministry on Wednesday nights, which meant they couldn't go to choir practice. And so because they couldn't go to choir practice, they had to they couldn't be on stage. Well, I didn't want to cancel student ministry, right? And I didn't want to discourage my young adults from leading our young people. Listen, some of the most influential leaders in the lives of my teenagers are some of our young adults that are in leadership in the student ministry. I didn't want to remove them from their life because there are some lessons that they are not going to get from me, but they'll get from somebody a little further down the road that's still a little bit more cooler than dad, right? You guys feel me, right? If you don't have those people in the lives of your children, you need to get some of those people. And so I said, listen, I, I got to get them on stage. So I put them on stage and we just skipped the choir. And I didn't really instruct in that too much. I didn't really talk to the choir about it. But on that Sunday morning, as these young leaders were leading and worship, I stepped up right after and I bragged on them really good. And I said to the church, Aren't you so glad to see our sons and daughters that Pathway Church is a kind of place that our sons and daughters are working and active in ministry. 
And what did everybody do? They celebrated our sons and daughters. <clears throat> we didn't have room. Not because we didn't, not because we didn't want some. I need a little water. I've been talking too much today. <clears throat> Make room for our sons and daughters. We also have to make room, <coughs> make room for Jesus. Make room for the Holy Spirit. <coughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm having an internal conversation right now. You're awesome. Did you already drink out of this? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what my response was gonna be to that because I felt desperate. I might've went ahead and just taken one for the team. Thank you. You got to be snappier. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, I can tell. Got to make room for our sons and daughters in this movement. Actually, all the time. We got to make room for Jesus. We got to make room for the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Joel chapter 2. This is the third thing we need to do. Come to God repenting. What birthed this revival that I believe it is an awakening, maybe another great awakening. One, I want to speak to our young people. I want, to, I want to tell them, we are ready for you right now. We are ready for you. You don't have to wait until you get to a certain place, certain age. In fact, it was this generation that has captured the attention of this nation right now. And actually, it wasn't a large group of people that got together and decided they didn't organize and say, we're going to strategize and do this nationwide program. You know what it was? It was one young man that stepped up and took initiative and he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord. It was a message on the love of God. And in his mind, I believe what happened is he saw who God was and he saw who he was. And he was undone when he saw the holiness of God. I was talking to a friend of mine on the way into service today. He said, Pastor, I was in church. I was a deacon in the church and I saw the holiness of God and I realized that I was not even saved. There will be no revival if there is no repenting. How in the world are we going to get our car fixed if we don't acknowledge that our car is broken. No, repentance always precedes revival. And you know what this world needs right now is it needs a church that has returned to its holiness roots, that we believe that there is a God and God is holy and he has called us to be holy as God is holy. And the problem in the church is most people can't see a difference between the people in the church and people outside of the church. 
We look just like everybody else. We act just like everybody else. It's a real messy and cheap grace that we have. We talk a lot about love and we talk nothing about the truth. We talk nothing about the justice of God. We talk nothing about the wrath of God or the judgment of God. Listen, there is a judgment seat and we will be judged for how we live. We won't be saved by our works. We'll be saved by Jesus and by Christ alone. But if you have been saved by Jesus, you need to look like Jesus. You need to act like Jesus. You need to walk like Jesus. Pastor, are you saying that we're saved by works? No, I'm saying if you're saved, you'll work. <laughs> if you're saved, you will look saved. And, and, and maybe everything isn't right in your life, but, but as you move towards Jesus, the more you walk with him, the more you will know him and the more it'll be reflected in your life. So revival is always preceded by repentance. When we come into the house of God, we ought to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. It ought to be in our mind what has happened that week where we failed God. Pastor, are you calling us to guilt? No, I'm calling you to freedom. I'm calling you to liberty. I'm, I'm calling you to transformation. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get the word of God in you and then let that change who you are and stop trying to be accepted by a bunch of people that don't accept you or your Jesus or the word of God. Whatever happened to Scriptures like, come out from among them and be ye separate. You know, there are some things, you know, some people are like, we need to go back to the good, to the to traditional. We need to go back to how it was, how it was when, like in the 1940s? Because that's like 1900 years after how it was, you know? But let me tell you, in the 40s and 50s and you know, some of us are still hanging out there and if it ever comes back around, we're going to be totally ready. But there, there, are, there are some things about that era that I wish we could regrip. Um, there's a window of time where you didn't go to the movies in the church. And you wore long dresses and June, would you like to finish that for me? <laughs> you know, some of you, some of you didn't play sports. I know people that they could have played professional sports, but they, their parents didn't let them play college ball, didn't let them play high school ball, and they were incredible athletes. It was something they did for the Lord. It wasn't that the sports were evil, but they had just come out from that system. Listen, that to me is a mistake, right? But the heart is right. I think we need to have more reverence for the Lord. I think we need to respect the word of God. I think we need to respect the house of God and the people of God. How many of you are raised in church when you saw somebody from church, you said, hey, Brother Smith, how you doing? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Brother, sister, right? Now, if you really want to get on the good side of my wife, you call her the first lady, right? <laughs> she's like, don't even, don't you even start. Right now she's going, I'm going to get you. <laughs> but what did you hear when you hear? No, you are my brother. 
you are my sister. Now, I might call you Mike, right? I might call you Sandy, but we are family. And that distinction let us know that we were a part of something that the rest of the world was not a part of. And you know what? When we're in, then it ought to show up that we're in. I don't want to go back to all that, but I want to go back to that. You know what I'm saying? That the fathers and mothers of the church would have a place of honor in the house. And I just want to say, I honor you. I honor you. My mother was sitting right next to where Jasmine is sitting today. I honor her. I honor my in-laws. Thank you for your ministry. Carl, thank you for your pastoral leadership out over decades. I honor you. There was something special about the church. And we don't have to lose that. There's some things we need to return to. Holiness. Ask God to sanctify our minds, sanctify our mouth. Life and death cannot flow from the same well. How can we praise God on Sunday and curse on Monday? I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm just saying if we want to see renewal, if we want to see revival, we need to return to the heart of God. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. That is why the Lord says to me, actually, Philip, go ahead and you guys come. At our campuses, let me just say when we finish, I'll hand this back over to you and our campus pastors can close as they see fit. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he's merciful and compassionate. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. Verse 16. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. This is one of the things that I've loved about this revival that we're seeing. It's our young and it's the old it's everybody. It's your mom and them. It's everybody. <laughs> Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. So nobody can say, I'm too busy. Even go get somebody's about to get hitched. Bring them all. They need to hear this. this is the most important and most urgent message. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. 
Let them pray, spare your people. Lord, don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, has the God of Israel left them? The Lord will reply, look, I'm sending you. This is, this is incredible. I didn't even get to get this in, in, in the nine o'clock service. The repenting comes, God begins to move, and then he promises what's coming after the revival. This is what's happening right here. He says, look, I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I think one of the things that's happening right now is the church is finding its voice. There has been a separation in the church that's been happening. There are people I used to run with that I do not run with anymore. And there are people, they look real churchy and they sound really respectable that, that, and I, I don't listen to them anymore. And you can't say, well, it's this particular little look. It's this particular denomination. There's a separation that has been happening and man, it's very pronounced. It's happening right now. I think we're finding our voice. I think one of the things that ha- is happening right now is that believers in Jesus Christ who love the Lord but who have been timid and mocked by the culture and even mocked by people in the church because of how rigid they are or how dogmatic they are or how churchy they are suddenly saying, you know what? I just don't care about your opinion anymore. I just don't care. I care about you. And I love you, but I care more about what Jesus thinks than what anybody thinks. Hey, listen, I have been tagged. I have been captured on video. I've had videos go viral of me saying things that's straight from the word of God, that's faithful to the word of God. And you know what? I just don't care anymore. There was a while where I was like, I wish we didn't stream because everybody can see what I say and they can clip it down. And if we had the stream off, I could just really talk to you like I really want to. But you know what? I just want to tell everybody, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. And, and I think we're getting our swagger back. I, I think we're getting our swagger back. I, I think, I, I think we, we're going to be walking in to the restaurant like JJ. We got it. We got it. You know what one of the, my favorite things about this revival has been? My buddy called me or he texted me from the revival. He said, Travis, they just stood up and declared that the Bible was perfect. Now that may not seem like a big deal, but we got a lot of muckety mucks. We got a lot of academicians. We got a lot of church theologians that want to tell me how they can explain away the clear word of God. Here's what these young people have said. We believe the word of God is true and we believe it. When they finished the service at Asbury, they say, the Bible is true. And the students say, and I believe it. I think that's the kind of revival that we're in, a revival of God's word and his truth. And we're gonna walk in it. I think that's what's happening. He says, 
You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them into the perched, parched wasteland. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those at the a rear into the Mediterranean, the stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. In fact, it is like what he's saying is like, look, let me handle your light work. Let me, let me handle these guys that have been giving you such great difficulty. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice. For the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field. For the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. To which I would say, let it rain. Say that with me. Let it rain. God, we will make room for you. We want what you want. For the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness or it's his provision. Once more, the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. Here's what I'm saying. We want all the kids from our high schools. We want all our kids from our junior high schools. We wanna see our student ministry. Look, the student ministry is already exploding, but we wanna have problems with the buildings and the spaces we have because God is causing our vats to overflow and our barns to overflow. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust and the cutting locust. It was I who sent the great destroying armies against you once again, you will have all the food you want. You will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. And listen to this. Then after doing all these things, I love this. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Amen. This is the word of God. Let me try. This is the word of God and I believe it. I'm gonna say that one more time, okay? This is the word of God and I believe it. Now, this is Joel chapter two. This is repeated again in Acts chapter two. And the fulfillment of this happened on the day of Pentecost after Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came. We see that sons and daughters prophesied, people from all languages, all ethnicities, uh, heard the gospel in their own language. It was a powerful thing. But listen to me, I'm telling you, God is pouring out his spirit on generation Z right now. And we are seeing this take place. And you know what? I, I don't know how long it's last. It's going to last, but I think it's going to impact. I think it's going to impact the world. I think this generation has a greater opportunity to do more than any generation has ever done before. They're different than us. I was not raised on a phone. I was not raised on a computer. I did not have internet my freshman year. I had a computer, but it was a word processor and there were some video games. That was it. My 18-month-old son downloaded an app from my phone. It cost me $40 when he was 18 months old. 
they were born into a different moment than we are. And now they're coming of age and these are gonna be the, the leaders of the church, the leaders of our cities, of our world. And you know what? They are not gonna go alone because the Lord is with us and He is here. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.